Vasectomies are a highly effective means of preventing unplanned pregnancies or fertility, but many men and couples may not totally understand what's involved. And joining me today for a lively, fun, and educational conversation about vasectomies are Drs. Ian Udell and Matthew Lyons, both of whom are physicians with WakeBed Urology. This is WakeBed Voices, a podcast from WakeBed Health and Hospitals in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm Scott Webb. So, doctors, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, I'm 53. I have not had to sort of confront this decision, whether to have a vasectomy or not, but many men, many couples do. So great to have a couple of experts on, try to answer these questions as best we can. And Dr. Udell, I'll start with you. What is a vasectomy exactly, and how effective are they? Vasectomy, so it's a great way to prevent future fertility, right? And that can be done a lot of different ways, either by the husband, wife, both, But vasectomy specifically is disconnecting the tube that sperm uses to get from the testicle where it's made up and outside and on its journey. And it is very uh, effective. It's as effective as tubal ligation or some of the more invasive and potentially more morbid processes that we use to do this. Pregnancy rates after vasectomy nationwide are one in 2000, that's after you've had the procedure, and then you've given a sample which confirms that there's no residual or modal sperm that are still trying to accomplish the mission. So one in 2000, it's different procedure to procedure. Everyone does it a little bit differently, but those are the commonly accepted rates by the American Urologic Association. Well, when we think about uh, odds, and I hate to think of it this way, but I know that uh, during March Madness, I hear that uh, for whatever reason, there are a lot of vasectomies performed in America. And so around that time of betting and odds, I I like those odds, one in 2,000. And Dr. Lyons, maybe the answer is obvious. Why or when do men or couples consider vasectomies? In general, people are coming in to to see us to talk about vasectomies. When the time comes that that they're they're really focused on either, you know, their families have been completed, their wife's maybe even a few days out of the hospital giving birth to their second or third or sometimes even first child. And it's a a large population, men in their 20s and 30s, they come in to see us. And then uh, we even see folks a little bit later on when their kids are, you know, heading off to college and they're just kind of ready to move past whatever means of contraception they've been using. You know, we talked about it's essentially 100% effective in preventing pregnancy when all the steps are followed, which we'll go into a little bit later. It's outpatient. There's a low risk of complications or side effects. They, a lot of these guys have had buddies or friends that have had it done, or maybe even your father-in-law or their dad's had it done. And, you know, the cost is far less than the cost of female sterilization. So tubal ligation is far more risky, far more expensive. And then there's things we don't think about, like the long-term cost of birth control medications for women, not to mention the the side effects, right, that can come from oral contraceptives, things like blood clots, some mood disorders, things like that. And also vasectomy means you can kind of go back to natural means of not having to worry about taking steps out of the ordinary before sex, whether it's using the diaphragm or using condoms, you can just kind of check that off your list and and kind of roll with things in a more natural sense, which is, I think, really nice for people. Sometimes I I hear a lot of guys come in that say, my wife's had a uh, IUD for five years, and she's had these and these issues with it, and she wants it out, and she's had two of our kids, and it's my turn to do this for the family. So whether or not the family's complete or whether one partner is having whatever issues they're having, why that's another good reason for guys to think about doing this. And it could, like Matt was saying, one kid, two kids, six kids, nine kids, however many your family takes to be complete, that's different for everybody. 
but those are other reasons why you could consider doing it. One of the things I always like is when the couple's there together, you know, it's not just the guy kind of on his own, kind of pacing nervously in the room when you walk in, but the couples will be there. His wife's reading the, the information sheet, pointing things out to him. It's very much kind of a team family planning kind of event. And, and you see a lot of that, like, hey, you've kind of carried the burden with the birth control and going through all this. And it's my turn to step up and be a participant. So it's always nice to see that kind of exchange when we're meeting patients in the clinic. I tell them that the woman or the wife or partner, whoever is always welcome to even come into the procedure. After all, they're hers anyway. She may as well be there to verify that it happened. <laughs> Uh, I just love I love everything that you're saying. I love the approach, and I'm sure there is, you know, for you as you're either maybe sort of talking men or couples into this or talking them out of it, however that might work, good to know that couples would be sort of uh, unified. They're there together. I can just picture the lonely guy by himself sort of pacing around the room when you walk in, and this is just a really interesting and fun conversation. And, and Dr. Udell, maybe you can, you know, take us through, you've explained the effectiveness of a vasectomy, but take us through the prep and the procedure. Just take us through those steps. Yeah, the most important thing about the prep is just taking a deep breath and connecting or, or identifying the right music to listen to during the procedure. So we have a specific playlist, first of all, that we listen to, which is things like I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that, or the first cut is the deepest, or on the holidays, it's chestnuts roasting on an open fire. So you got to set the right mood is the first thing. I love it. There's really no prep coming into the procedure other than just avoiding things that we know could thin the blood, like aspirin or Aleve or ibuprofen. In the South, it's goody powder potentially, which coming from the Northwest, I didn't even know was a thing. We also have guys just clip the hair from down there. We don't want them to shave or straight razor it and Mm. cut off something else that may require us to fix another thing. So that's usually a pretty important step. We do use some local soap and things when the patient is prepped, and that's, that's about it. The entire time you were answering, I apologize, but I was thinking about if I were going to get a vasectomy, what would be my playlist? I was trying to think about, you know, you gave us some good options, meatloaf and chestnuts roasting on an open fire, but I was trying to think, like, what's the right music to complement a vasectomy? That's awesome. Yeah. You have to set the right mood, that's for sure. You do, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, it is funny because you see these guys in there with a conundrum. It's, you know, do I want to play a song that I really like and have it ruined for the rest of my life? Or do I want to pick a song that I don't really care? Do I want elevator music? You know, all those things you can kind of see running through their face. So I like uh, Ian's approach. He kind of has his playlist pre-thought out and he puts it on there and, and they end up kind of rolling with it. I think it creates a good experience from that standpoint. And then just one thing to add, when I get folks prepared, you know, for me, it's as much a mental battle as it is a physical one, because a lot of folks don't kind of understand what the vas is or what we're cutting. And everyone just envisions castration or the testicle being involved or somewhere or the other. I always try to give them a visual of the vas is an 18 inch long tube that feels like a wet spaghetti noodle that travels from your testicle and loops up around in your pelvis and connects to your prostate and your urethra tube. So the testicles are not going to be involved. We're not going to be affecting testosterone or anything down there. You know, we're just going to isolate this little tube, pull it up through a very small little incision and basically create a blockade so the sperm can't travel. And I think that kind of helps them figure out like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's the first step of putting them at ease and a little bit of understanding it at what they're doing and what we're doing to help them. So I find that to be a good, important part of the process as well. Yeah, the visual part is important. It's kind of like a Christmas tree. They still are ornamental, but they're very overall important to the aesthetic and the testosterone production and everything else. So, 
Yeah, and I'm sure the visual really just helps immensely. And how about afterwards, Dr. Lyons? Like, how, what's the recovery time like? When can guys get back to normal, get back to working out, running, whatever it might be? Yeah, great question. Whenever I sit down with guys, really, the, I, I hammer home two things. Number one is really kind of sit on your butt, sit on the couch for 72 hours afterwards. We try to do it on a weekend, on a Thursday or a Friday, where they're not working on the weekend. I say, you know, I'll write you a note that says, no chores, take it easy, we'll give it to your wife, you can get a little get out of jail free card. The first 72 hours are kind of critical from my standpoint, because that's where the most bothersome complication would be a little bit of bleeding in the scrotum, which thankfully I've never had to deal with, I think, because I kind of really try to tell folks to, to kind of take to heart what I'm saying. But after the first 72 hours, I tell them they can do kind of regular light activity that first 10 days, no sex or strenuous activity, things like karate tournaments, taekwondo kicks to the groin. But beyond 10 days, they're back in and, and up in action. And depending on what their job is, you know, a lot of them are back at work on Monday, just taking Celebrex, which is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory and some Tylenol for me. They're not even needing narcotic pain medications. So that's the spectrum of physical recovery. And then the other thing I beat over their heads when I see them is basically you have to come back at three months or 12 weeks to get the post-vast semen analysis to make sure that all the work we did has taken effect and that they've actually ejaculated all the live sperm that they still have in their vast because we're putting a blockade, but there's still going to be some live rounds, so to speak, in the chamber that need to be ejaculated before we can give them that certainty of one in 2000 before those odds kick in. So those are the two things that I really try to beat home to, to folks while we're talking. We talked about the post-procedural things. We didn't necessarily talk about exactly how the procedure happens. So we both do what's called the no scalpel technique, meaning you never make an incision with a knife, only just a very small poke hole. The first step is just the needle to go in to numb everything. That was the worst part when mine was done. And then just the tiny little poke hole that is about a half a millimeter is all. Only about half the time does it even need a stitch. And then a clamp goes through and the tube gets pulled up through that little poke hole. Everyone does it a bit differently, but I put a clip on either side and then we cut out a small section and then burn the end. So there's some added redundancy in there. We tell guys afterward, most of the time, you just play it cool. By that, you have an ice pack on there for at least two days or so. I advise that guys wear bike shorts or something kind of tight and then the ice pack so that when it goes back in the freezer, it doesn't go against any tater tots that your kids are going to be eating or anything. And then an athletic supporter that goes on the top of that. And the guys that go play golf the next day or go run the next day, it's going to look like a magic eight ball and that, that takes a little while to go away. But the guys that follow the directions and just kind of take it easy, then they're not going to have too much pain or issues or whatever. One in a thousand guys have pain that lasts longer than a week or so. And one in 10,000 guys have pain that lasts long enough that something else needs to be done about it. But usually those are guys that have had some other issues or surgery down there or their anatomy is different or they have chronic pain other places. You know, uh, you guys have brought such a smile to my face. Uh, if your bedside manner is anything like the way you are in this podcast, I can see how and why men, couples would choose to do this, especially with you and your team there, because you've taken all the stress out of it, you know, and the analogies and the tater tots. This has just been a pleasure. Dr. Lyons, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the mental side of all of this. So when we think about timing, both the literal timing, but also the mental timing for men and couples, maybe you can just kind of share with us those conversations that you have with patients or prospective patients. 
One thing I, I really try to, at least when we get started in the conversation, you know, they're obviously there for a vasectomy. They're obviously a little bit nervous. Sometimes they're there because their wife sent them there and they don't quite know what they're getting roped into. But I always ask them about their family, how many kids they have, how old the youngest one is, you know, if, if their wife is pregnant or just gave birth, how that's going, is everybody healthy, you guys working into your new routine, and just really make sure that they've thought about what we're planning on doing and what a vasectomy means, because it's true that vasectomies are reversible. You can do microsurgery to repair the blockade that we put in the vas deferens, but it can be, number one, expensive to get that done. It's usually not covered by insurance. Some lucky folks are able to get coverage for that. And about 50% of the time, uh, even in the hands of experts, something like in vitro fertilization is going to be required to actually conceive a child after a reverse vasectomy. And that can be around $20,000 a pop just for the in vitro fertilization once you've had the surgery. So yes, it's reversible. But what we talk about is think of it as though it's not reversible. So that's step one, make sure that they're in the right mental headspace to be able to deal with that. And then the rest of it is really just helping them to understand the anatomy, become comfortable with me, comfortable with the process, letting them know that we do a lot of these and everybody tends to do great. And then I'll chat with them if they're into sports. You mentioned March Madness earlier. You know, that's apparently one of the biggest weekends of the year to get uh, vasectomies done because guys get to sit home and watch the games Saturday and Sunday. Some guys who aren't sports fans will talk about you know, one guy told me he would he popped on Disney Plus and you're able to watch all of the Marvel movies chronologically from front to back. So that was one of the interesting things that I've heard. So just making it light, making it easy, but making sure they're aware that this should really be a non-reversible procedure for, for most guys that are going through it. One thing Matt talked about also is asking patients what their family life is like. And we definitely have guys that are in the throes of having young kids. And I remember that very clearly. And, and they're there because their wife is expecting. And normally everyone's a little bit different, but I recommend that the baby is born and is healthy and everything is okay. And I've had a couple patients who pushed it and something unforeseen happened. And then they had a bit of, of regret afterward. And, and one patient even had things reversed because mentally their family was prepared and then wasn't quite complete. And, and so we're happy to do the procedure for anyone who's interested, but that's just one thing to think about as you and your family are planning the next one, three, five years down the road. Want to give you both the chance to just, you know, final thoughts and takeaways when it comes to vasectomies, how you can help folks. And we'll start with you, Dr. Udell. Yeah, we here at Wake Med are, are very comfortable and we try to make the patient feel at as ease as possible. There's a couple times that during the year that we see an uptick in this vasectomy procedures. One of those would be Masters or March Madness. And with a pun being carefully intended, why those are both good times to get the ball rolling and get a vasectomy done. So if you're interested in coming, we also always like to meet the patients first. Some other folks that you may see or advertise the procedure. You just go in and it's done right then. And a lot of times it's good to just be able to understand what's going to happen and be comfortable with the person that's going to be helping you through the process. So we're happy and helpful and we want to encourage those relationships. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, just based on what we're talking about here and the geographic area that you'll be working in, I'm sure that comfort and trust is a big factor there for men, for couples. I totally get that. Uh, Dr. Lyons, last word to you. 
Yeah, I would echo everything that Dr. Udell mentioned. We're really passionate about what we do. and We want to make sure you feel comfortable, number one. Number two, make sure you, you understand what we're doing. You're always being seen and evaluated by an MD and, and about 10 out of 10 times by the person who's going to be doing your procedure that fosters that trust. And then, you know, our nursing staff is really fantastic. Many, many years of urology experience. They're the ones helping get the patients prepped, get them ready. A lot of times they'll answer some of the phone calls. So it is really kind of like a family atmosphere when you go to whichever one of our many prospective clinics throughout the area in Wake County, and you can expect to get excellent service and hopefully have an experience that makes you feel happy that you took the leap because we know that it's it's not the easiest thing to, to come to terms with having a procedure on your body, but we try to make it as painless a procedure as we possibly can. And if you have any recommendations for the playlist, why well, you have to make sure and bring them in because we're always trying to complete that. You know, this is by far been the most fun podcast, the most punny podcast, if you will, I've ever done. So many great analogies, metaphors, puns, and so much education in here. So thank you both for your expertise, your humor, everything today, and you both stay well. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to schedule an appointment with WakeMed Urology, call 919-350-1570 or visit wakemed.org to schedule online. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is WakeMed Voices, a podcast brought to you by WakeMed Health and Hospitals in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thanks for listening.